0: When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Uh, joining me on this episode is our regular contributor, Murray Voth of RPM Training. Hello, Murray. Hi,
1: everybody. Uh,
0: and a uh, special guest uh, on uh, this episode is Chris Wiley of uh, Searles Sur- Auto Repair in uh, uh, Victoria, uh, British Hello. Columbia. And uh, the issue of employee retention is critically important to the ongoing success and continuity of your business. Now, uh, Chris has had a pretty solid success on that front. So that's why he's on here uh, to discuss his strategies for uh, retaining employees and, and what's that, what that's meant for his business. Uh, so uh, welcome, Chris. Uh, tell us a little bit about, more about your business other than where it is and uh, maybe what you're doing that uh, other shops can learn from to help them uh, you know, keep those long-term employees that are so important to the long-term success of, a, of an operation. Uh, Thank you,
2: Andrew. Uh, Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Uh, My shop is uh, two floors. I've got uh, about 22 bays. I have uh, currently seven technicians on the floor, a shop foreman, three service advisors, and two part-time shop support staff, uh, two apprentices included in that seven uh, technicians. Um, As far as employee retention goes... Um, I I've been here, uh, for 22 years now, uh, came here as a tech, became a service advisor and then took over the company, um, 11 years ago. Um, I've got, uh, three employees now that were my coworkers that are still here. Mm. Um, my shop foreman has been with the company, uh, since day one of him being an apprentice. So he's been here 37 years now, I believe, Uh, The the business has been going uh, for 42. And then I've got uh, two technicians um, downstairs that have been with the company um, 25 and 22 years, respectively. Um, My one service advisor has been with me for coming up 12 years now. Um, And then my other employees are all five years and, and newer. So we've had a little bit of turnover over the years. Uh, but I've got some good foundational people here that work with me.
0: Sure. Now, uh, let me just ask you, you know, for having that foundation, I mean, how does that help you? It sounds like, you know, they've been there since before you were sort of running the show, right? Some of them. Uh, but how does that help you uh, move the business forward? Well, it's great having these
2: uh, guys that have been with me for a long time because uh they have established relationships with customers. And and so I get customers coming in, looking specifically for these guys because they like what they have done for them in the past. Uh, So it gives um, my customers that sense of security that, that uh, we're not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Right. right. No worry. Uh, You know, when when you hear uh, what Chris has to say, I mean, you know, how do you feel that that informs you know what kind of coaching you might be able to offer a business that maybe doesn't have that kind of longevity or doesn't have those long-term employees I mean how where do they go
1: well one of the reasons why I invited Chris to be along when you were asking me to uh, voluntold somebody was I've known him from before he owned it I uh, met him as a senior employee there, a tech advisor working there, and, and he came and took some training back in back in the early days when we were all a lot younger, and just watching his transition, growing as a manager and as a leader, and the specific challenge of um, work, you know, having people work for you that used to be your coworkers, I thought would be a unique part of the conversation. And I think the comment that I would make that I, you know, watching Chris and learning from Chris as well is he's been able to make those hard decisions along the way as along with the positive stuff that retain people, right? So people get, they retain because they like working there. There's job satisfaction. There's a good shop culture. Uh, Chris is fun. He's got a quite a good sense of humor. Um, so I think there's a lot of fun there. You have to be able to take sarcasm if you work with him. <laughs> uh, otherwise you might hurt your little feelers every once in a while, but um He's made some hard decisions along the way, and without you know, it would not be appropriate to go into a lot of detail. But he's made some calls along the way, uh, challenging people's productivity, challenging their accountability, and even having to part ways with uh, a couple of people that were really creating a challenge. And what ended up happening after he made those tough calls is everybody else came up to him after and said, "Thanks, boss. I'm glad you did that because I, I'm I want to stay. I've always wanted to stay. And now they're staying." So. I think one of the challenges for business owners, shop owners in particular, is is we're we're afraid to lose a key person like a tech or an advisor because they're so hard to replace. Um, You know, today this is getting worse constantly and making those tough calls and learning the skills of how to do that would be a starting point. Um, I've got a couple of other ideas, but we might want to let Chris respond to that, and, and then I can step in a little bit later on.
0: Yeah, Chris, I mean, you know, you hear what Murray has to say, and, and uh, I can see you nodding uh, a little bit about things, because, you know, what I'm taking from this is that it's not just a question of keeping people. It's a question of making sure you keep kind of the right people, right? Yes. Um, I'm a huge advocate of uh, work-life work culture
2: uh my whole sort of mantra has always been you spend most of your life at work so you need to enjoy where you work uh, i worked at a couple other shops before i came to searles and the the culture at those other shops was toxic and i tried to make some changes at one shop that just fell onto deaf ears and so i was like see you later and i came to searles because uh it was a good culture it was well organized. Uh, so it wasn't uh, such a, um, a circus every day and, and you're not going home angry because your boss is not organized, right? So I've always been uh, an advocate of, of work-life culture and um, I try to keep it exciting and fun. And we have weekly team meetings to make sure everyone is, is um is okay, you know, and if something's bothering you, let's talk about it now instead of it festering and blowing up and then you walking out the door saying, I quit, right? So we do that. We we have, um, uh, you know, staff lunches, staff barbecues, Christmas party. Uh, we'll just do sort of spontaneous stuff from time to time uh, to keep the team engaged with each other, right? Um, I'm currently working uh, with my HR company on a team building um Um, sort of retreat so uh, we're going to have that happen in the next month or so where we're going to spend an afternoon together and we're going to learn each other's personalities and learn how to better communicate with each other
0: right I mean you know my discussions in the past whether you know formally through uh, through this business or just informally through uh, you know talking to shop owners when I've been there and talking to techs one of the things that can really get in the way of a kind of a happy culture is emotion. You know, the guys are mostly guys, you know, the techs are maybe they're frustrated with some jobs they're getting. Maybe they're not getting the sophisticated jobs they want to do, you know, and they get all upset. And next thing you know, somebody's rolling their toolbox out of the bay and, and down, down the street, I'll just go work down the street again. And then, you know, sometimes it's uh, you know, there's like five shops, (laughs) up and down a road and they're just going, it's a cycle, right? You know, Bob's back up to us again. You know, well, that's not really healthy. How do you, how do you look for that? How do you make sure, I mean, you mentioned having the meetings, but you know, not everybody's great at, you know, sharing, right?
2: That's, that's true. Yeah. And um, so you have to, you have to have individual one-on-one meetings with them as well. So we do that every, um, I want to say semi-annually. So, um, you know, because a couple of my guys, they won't say anything during the team meeting, but I'll get them in my office and then it's just blah, right? right? And we talk about everything. So it's, uh, you know, communication is huge. I've always said communication is huge. Please come talk to me. I've, I have an open door policy. If something's bothering you, please come talk to me. I'm not going to be upset to talk about it, We we need to talk about it, right? right. So there's there's, you know, keeping keeping in touch with them and making sure that, that, uh, that we're, I'm looking after them, so to speak. Right. And, and making sure that whatever they are wanting, I can hopefully meet those needs. You know, there's, there's a few like shop tools that they've requested to make their lives easier. I've always said too, if there's a tool that'll make your life easier, let me know, let's get it. Let's, you know, make our life better. I've, my toolbox has so many ridiculous tools in it. Because oh that makes this particular job go easier. I'm going to buy it. So right. I, I try to try to make sure that that they're happy with with what they have to work with and who they are working with.
0: Mm-hmm. No, Murray. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Chris didn't mean to interrupt, but Murray. That's okay. You know, um, as as we all know, and, and Chris too, as we all know, not not everyone who's running a shop is is the greatest people person. Uh, you know, they they don't maybe have the tools. Uh, but Maria, you know, do, do you find that shop owners that uh, you know, are maybe more comfortable, uh, again, working in the bay than being at the front are able to kind of pick up the tools to do this? Is it, is it a struggle? Are there resources that you can direct them to? And, and I'll ask Chris to weigh in on that in a second too.
1: So I have, I have, I'm optimistic. Um, I believe most people can learn these skills. Everybody will learn at a different pace. But I think once they understand a couple of principles about this stuff, it becomes easier. And then it goes back to things like leadership and stuff like that. So Chris brought up you know, regular meetings. Um, I remember working with a gentleman years ago when I first started coaching and he hadn't had a staff meeting ever. And he'd been in business 20 years. And his action plan was to have his first staff meeting. And his hands were shaking in the, in the group coaching session about doing that and he said well what am i going to talk about (laughs) and i said your first meeting is going to be three minutes long and it has three agenda items hi my name is this is going to be our first staff meeting and the agenda today is going to be the fact that we're going to have staff meetings and then the closing conclusion is does anybody have any questions (laughs) so the, the idea is literally the ability to speak in front of one individual or multiple individuals, it really comes down to the ability to speak in front of a group, which takes some practice and skill, right? And, and again, I've always recommended Toastmasters as the most inexpensive, fun way to gain that skill. But we, you know, we got him through. He coached it little by little yeah. um, because the, there's a there's research done, um, and I love reading this kind of stuff: sociological, cultural, anthropological research about stuff like that, and. Just by standing up in front of the group, just that positional piece, you begin to become the leader. They turn and look at you, right? So then you have to just get comfortable with being the one in front of the group and begin to speak and take over that. So people think I have to have the meeting. Everybody has to be at it. Another rule that I teach people is you have at the same time all the time. And okay, one person misses. They're on a test drive or maybe they're away that day or you know, there's things come up and like, but have it at the same time, even though one person missed, because here's the other cultural anthropological principle. And somebody's part of a group, right? Participates in the group and they've missed a group activity. What do they do? They go ask the rest of the group, hey, what did you guys talk about? So you can actually use their absence as positive peer pressure for them to check in with the rest of the team. And then lastly, uh, so we've, we've talked about having it at the same time. Oh, people talk about, oh, my meetings always turn into these negative whiny sessions, right? And it just spirals, right? So a couple of things I say is meetings have to be, have agendas timed, very short, very sweet, but the rule that I made, and I don't know who taught me this, uh, I want to give credit to the people that have taught me stuff, but I picked this up from somebody years ago that with my team, when I had my shop, you can come to the meeting with a concern, a complaint, you can bring anything you want, but when you bring a concern or a complaint, you need to bring two possible solutions, and that is a psychological play too, because you can't come to a meeting complaining without having thought about something. Because then the rest of the team challenges you. So what's your solution? Now, my younger gas jockeys sometimes their solutions were pretty silly or naive or un you know uninformed, right. but it made them think in a different, in a problem solving fashion versus uh, whatever. Right? Oh, I can't stand this hoist, you know, boss. Okay, so what do you suggest? Well, I don't know if we moved it over here and adjusted this and did that. Okay, great. Let's book the hoist guy. And the employee will be like, what? <laughs> you know, uh, another lesson I learned and then I'll stop talking again. <laughs> Chris, Chris knows that he has to fight for airtime with me. <laughs> it's, it's a pathological problem I have. Um, and I had, a, I had to learn this early in my career. But when you say that you're going to do something in that meeting, that you do that like ASAP because I would finish the meeting and say, okay, here's my to do's. I'll do these. You know, I had to order fuel for the front or fix something in the back or talk to a client. I'd forget and a week would go by and I hadn't done my duty. Right. So that's another leadership piece about If you're committed to something, give it a timeline and get it done. And then you earn your, your team's respect by doing that. You're just, you're leading by example. Right.
0: Right. Right. So Chris, when you hear what Murray has to say, you know, is he, Is he, you know, kind of on the money, or does he have it all wrong? Do you have it all wrong, Marie? (laughs) We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Delphi Technologies is the only OE full-line fuel supplier? Go with the global aftermarket supplier with over 3,200 SKUs covering more than 280 million vehicles in operation. And with parts tested in OE durability and reliability conditions to ensure a quality fit and performance. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.
1: You're allowed to disagree <laughs> with me, anybody is.
2: It's total poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's hitting it all right on the head as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He- it's all about accountability when you're when you're the leader you need to be held accountable and and then you'll gain that respect from your team right
0: right right what about the tools i mean did you come in being a kind of a decent communicator or is this something you had to had to learn or even if you had some skills did you have to build on that to to make sure you were really you know upping your game to to build that culture that you wanted to build
2: yes uh, well yes i'm always learning um I, I came with, with some communication skills and, and, and uh, uh, some leader skills. Um, in, just in my life in general, I've always sort of been the one that, that takes charge and, and, and gets people you know, moving in the right direction. And What are we doing? Well, we're going to do this. How's this sound? Okay, it sounds great. All right, let's go, guys. I've always sort of been the natural leader but it's uh, learning the correct dialogue to use in certain situations um, is really important. Uh, in today's day and age, we really have to watch uh, what we say and how we deliver it. And uh, it's interesting how you'll say the same thing to one person and they'll take it one way and you say it to another person and they'll take it a completely different way. So there's uh, lots to be learned there still with how to, how to uh, communicate properly with each individual.
0: Sure. Do you just are you just finding that you're learning by doing, or them, are there specific tools that you've gone to get to to bring back into into your training? Both. Um,
2: I am learning. I am learning tools from my various coaches, okay. and then uh, I and then all, and some of it is trial and error.
1: And Chris, you've also been part of uh, a BNI network. Yes. For a while, which involves which involves public speaking and presenting and stuff, too, which okay. I think that's really, really ramped up your skill level, too. Right.
2: Yes. Sorry. I, I forgot about that. I just recently retired from BNI. So so, yes, but yeah, I did uh, about 10, about 10 years with BNI. What is BNI? Yeah, it stands for Business Networking International. Okay. So it's a business networking group that you attend once a week. And uh, you present yourself, or you present your business. You've got uh, 60 seconds to tell your group about your business and how they can better refer to you. And then it goes around uh, with each individual person.
0: Right. So So it kind of teaches you to focus your words, sort of the the elevator pitch version of... uh, of these things, where you're time limited, you have to be uh, really efficient and effective with your words to make sure you're understood and and uh, move forward. Exactly. And, and I think you know most shop owners can can probably uh, uh, understand how that might be valuable when you're trying to deal with uh, you know a group of employees. You know, you they want to get at work. They want to get to work. They're they're they want to do what they're getting paid for. So you don't want to be rambling on and on and have everybody end of a. Uh, a discussion going like, "What was that all about?" I don't know what that was about. You want them to understand, right? Right, right. Good stuff. Um, so, you know, you've been with this for a, a while now. You mm-hmm. did mention at the outset that it helps with customer retention as well. But what's your what's your vision for the for the the culture uh, within within this, and how does that longevity play within kind of maintaining that culture? But you've yeah. also got that kind of internal memory of the culture so when new people come in do they do they help kind of bring people into the culture and help them understand the culture of the business as well or is that still all up to you i mean how does that what's the interplay there
2: any new employee gets an employee handbook and uh, that's the overview of of what we are and what we're doing here and then they sign a form saying they've read that book and understood it Right. And then if uh, if we need to talk about it more, we can. And then um, the other uh, team members welcoming that person, and and I'll I'll give them a general rundown of how things are going, or, you know, and how things operate here. And then and then it'll be you know a collaborative effort of the other guys, you know, helping that person navigate through what we do in a day. It's mm. a lot different nowadays, thanks to COVID, you know. So. There's not as much um, group interaction like there used to be. We would all go for lunch up in the lunchroom. And now we're not doing that because of the current situation. But I hope
1: to get back there one day.
0: Right. Do you find, though, that, that uh, you know, having having done that and having built that kind of team culture and, and almost sounds like almost a family culture, uh, that that, you know, allows you to I hate to use the word coast right now because you can't but you can't sort of reinforce it on a kind of daily basis, because you don't get to have those lunchtime. All team meetings or all team interactions right so but is it you yeah. find that it's got a real echo even now you, you you know you're everybody's still pulling in the same direction. Oh yeah yeah
2: I think so, you know we we, we still have our weekly meeting where we can all chit chat with one another. Uh, yeah um, it's. It certainly isn't as good as it used to be, but I I think the foundation is there, and and mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're all struggling a little bit w- with this right now, and uh, so it's a matter of uh, of being there for each other and and. I think I find myself checking in with uh, with them all individually a little more frequently, you know, I'll just pull them aside real quick and be like, Hey, how are, you, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You know, here's where I'm at, you know, cause I'm I'll admit I'm struggling with this whole COVID uh, pandemic as well. You know, sure. I don't think anyone can say they're not. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, more than ever, we need to be supportive of each other and um, and just make sure that we're all going to, get through this successfully.
0: Right, right, right. So it sounds like, you know, having that, you know, culture where you have happy long-term employees helps create a supportive atmosphere. And that supportive atmosphere helps create an environment where employees will stay for the long haul too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, you know, it um, it's, there's, there's, different key factors to, to why they stay, you know, some of them are money driven. Some of them are, are more culture driven. Some of them are, are, are want to, want to stay because they like who they work with, you know? So there's all these different little factors, um, the employee benefits, for example, or, or what have you. Right. So sure. I, I try to be competitive with, with the dealers because the dealers are the ones with the real deep pockets that can try to try to, um, um, coax your technicians away but uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side so i've had a couple guys you know leave me on good terms and no hard feelings and they've gone to a dealer and then they've asked to come back because it wasn't as fun at the dealer as it is here so good.
0: well there you go good. yeah for sure i mean that, that that that's a great vote of confidence uh we're, we're gonna wrap it there because i can't think of you know if you're occasionally because of you know a a A temporary situation somebody leaves and then realizes that the how good they had it uh, and is looking to come back you know as I said that's a pretty good vote of confidence so um, you know that's the kind of culture I think everybody would would like to have in in their shop uh Thank you very much uh Chris, for joining us today. Thank you very much uh Murray for uh bringing him along uh and uh, volunteering him, uh, so there's one of our secrets. We 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 put the boots to people to get them to come on, uh, and we hope they have a good time with it too. Uh, and thank you everybody out there for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, be safe, be strong, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everyone.
2: Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of chat-integrated media.
0: Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi technology, steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com